Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Perfectville. Sixth annual Hatesgiving Day Parade is brought to you commercial-free this week thanks to the good people at betonline.ag. It's Thanksgiving week, ladies and gentlemen, and we all know what that means. Football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet online as you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. No. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of these amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. And once again, we thank them for a commercial-free 6th Annual Hatesgiving Day Parade. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your third place, Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Podcast Network and presented commercial free this week by betonline.ag. I am Sam Marcoux and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Colon. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? I'm hungover. I am tired. And I have the house to myself. So, and I'm off. I'm not working today. So it's Black Friday. And uh, so I'm great. I, I don't know what the other first two uh, have to do with being great, but I'm great nonetheless. He's hungover, but he's great, ladies and gentlemen. And that's because not only does he have the house to himself, but he is recording this very special episode of Welcome to Perfect Bill. It's the sixth annual, that's right, sixth annual Hates Giving wow. Day Parade. Chris Cullen, Sam Marcoux, just bringing the hatred for the next 45 to an hour. No format, no commercials, just nothing but plain vitriol, hatred, and disdain for all things Miami Dolphins, NFL, and life in general. Chris, so much hatred brings me so much joy. How about you? Six years. That's unbelievable. And the fact that we can have six of these, and it's all new info and hate, shows that we are just vile, black-hearted individuals. That also shows that the Miami Dolphins hate us as well, that we can keep coming up with new material or the same material year after year after year because uh, they keep doing things that just piss me off, Chris. I know they piss you off from time to time, and they were going to hear to talk about it. So why don't you go first? Why don't you kick off the sixth annual Hatesgiving Day Parade with just a massive touchback of hatred football into the end zone? Sure. I'll start with um, I hate Chris Greer. So <laughs> we're going to keep it Dolphins related for a couple of these. And I will start with Chris Greer. I am so sick and tired, Sam, of watching NFL football, hard knocks, and other teams, not the Miami Dolphins, and players succeeding and overachieving, just like a lot of us fans said. It all starts with me, Sam, and it, it kind of ties in the podcast and why we're even talking right now. I used to do my own thing with blog talk radio and you would call in and it's different people and stuff. I did a song. Hey there, Delilah. Remember that song? I, do. I did a song. Hey there, Earl Thomas. Cause I wanted Earl Thomas so bad out of Texas as safety. Earl Thomas fell to us in that draft at the 12th pick when we didn't think he would. And I remember standing up and screaming. He did it. He fell to us and we traded down 
and San Diego took a random running back. We got Jared Audrick, only known for a peewee dance. And then we, the next round, took Koa Misi. A couple picks later, Rob Gronkowski got picked. So I don't know, that wasn't Chris Greer, but he's a scout. And, and, and it leads all the way up to this. And I'm watching Hard Knocks, and I'm watching this running backs coach say that Jonathan Taylor is possibly the greatest running back he's ever coached, and he's coached Hall of Famers. Sam, we passed on Jonathan Taylor, who always reminds me of Home Improvement and the shitty Christmas movie and Simba from The Lion King because Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the actor from the 90s, who my wife has told me she had a crush on, by the way, um, of course, was very famous in those years of us growing up. And uh, that always makes me think of that. Well, he's a fantastic player. We passed on him for Noah Iganabene, who has been a healthy scratch and absolutely got awfully terrible when not scratched. And it makes me want to scratch my eyes out because Chris Greer continually does this. He also uh, picked Charles Harris instead of uh, uh, Watt, TJ Watt. Uh, the list goes on, and it's just very frustrating. I hate Chris Greer, and I hate the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it is the circle of life, thinking of Jonathan Taylor Thomas, because uh, I absolutely hate the fact that we passed on Jonathan Taylor. And it wasn't like it was this big secret. It wasn't like Tom Brady in the sixth round. Jonathan Taylor was a known entity coming out of college. He was going to be one of the top backs. And if you look at, not only did we pass on him for Noah Igbenogane, who I agree with you, has been nothing short of one of the most disappointing first-round draft picks we have had. And that's saying something when you look at the fact that we've had Charles Harris, when you look at the fact that we had Deion Jordan, when you look at the fact that we've had just some other players that have been absolute dog shit in terms of first round talent. Um, he's right up there. So congratulations, Noah Igbenogane. You finally made it to the starting lineup of something, and it's one of the worst draft picks in the first round of Miami Dolphins history. It's not really, you know, the list you want to be on. But we also passed on him in the second round, and I believe we got, you know, Robert Hunt, if I'm not mistaken, or Solomon Kinley. We got one of the, 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 the linemen that has been underperforming. So not only did we pass on him in the first round, which would have been great value if you look at what he's doing now, we passed on him in the second round, Chris. So we're a two-time loser. Yes, two-time loser when it comes to the Jonathan Taylor sweepstakes. And here's the worst part about all that, Chris, just kind of belaboring the point that you're talking about. This year, I think finally, if you look at what the Miami Dolphins are finally done, we just got Philip Lindsay onto the team. We, we signed Duke Johnson to the practice squad and activated him this past week. The Miami Dolphins are actively looking to shore up that running backs room because they finally went, oh, yeah, we don't have enough talent. Miles Gaskin is a good little player, but he's not the end-all be-all. And now we're going into an offseason here, Chris, where there are really no good running backs that are going to be available to sign via free agency. Nobody that has a lot of potential that you can drop in and say, okay, now if this person just gets a shot, they're going to shine. And on top of that, there's really not a lot of talent in the draft. So the last couple of years, there was tons of talent for running backs. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, all guys that have lots of talent. Devontae Williams, Michael Carter, both guys that wanted big time last year. We had the opportunity to do that out of UNC and both guys doing fantastic as rookies in the NFL this year. And we passed on all of them for Malcolm fucking Brown. And now we have, you know, going into this offseason, we still need to address the running backs room and top of the wide receiver room on top of the offensive line room. We still have to sign Mike Kosicki or that's going to be a problem on offense. And we don't know yet if Tua Tungavailoa is going to be the quarterback long term. The offense is a mess. And part of this has to do with the fact that we have not shored up the running back room like we could have. And now, quite frankly, Chris, there's really not anybody available that I think is a generational talent or somebody that you can just plug and play as a bell cow running back until 2023. So strap in, ladies and gentlemen, because Chris Cullen is absolutely right. Chris Greer has fucked us when it comes to the running back position, and we're going to be fucked for at least the next year. 
Well, and it's terrible too because if you look, and Miles Gaskin has talent as as an athlete, like he's athletic. But I am a banker, thirty four years old that sits at home, and I'll watch games and I'll pause it and I'll look at my son and say, "What do you see that he didn't see?" And there's a cutback lane to the right, and instead he runs up the ass of Robert Hunt and gets a yard. He doesn't have vision at all. My nine hundred year old grandmother has better vision than him. He's just not that good of a running back. We need better. And the fact that they're just churning the bottom of the roster, it's a stupid Bill Belichick, New England Patriot trope where plug and play any running back, but Brandon Bolden can play, uh, Davis can play, Lewis can play, Burkhead can play. It can be anybody. Is We don't have Tom Brady. <laughs> like, yeah, that worked for the Patriots because they had Tom Brady. We need a running game. We need balance. We have had one 100-yard rusher, Sam, since 2018. Kalen Balaj and Solomon Ahmed are our two 100-yard rushers. That's it. Twice since 2018, Sam. Like, that is unbelievable. That is not, like, winning football at any level. We, when's the last time we handed off 30 times in a game and controlled the clock and had 100? I mean, it's just, it's just mind-numbing that they have not went after this position with seriousness. Well, and the uh... – the good news is Kalen Balaj is one of those free agents this offseason. So we can Thank bring him on home, ladies and gentlemen. Just uh, make sure you close the book before you enter the facility, Kalen Balaj. <clears throat> All right, my turn here, Chris. And speaking of, because I already mentioned him, I hate the fact that the Miami Dolphins seem absolutely enamored with the Houston Texans franchise. It goes back even to the Laramie Tunzel trade, where I still think we got the better of that trade, although long-term it is starting to look like maybe it's a little more even considering all those draft picks that we did have that we fucked up over the years due to what you talked about with Chris Greer. But it goes beyond that, Chris. Not only have we traded with them multiple times, we also seem to sign their cast-offs for some reason. Will Fuller has a broken finger and is apparently never going to play football for the Miami Dolphins. Duke Johnson is uh, picked up off their scrap heap. On top of that, Philip Lindsay is now picked up off of their scrap heap. We seem to be flirting with Deshaun Watson over and over and over again. What is it about the Houston Texans franchise that makes Chris Greer and everybody for the Miami Dolphins go, ooh, we need a piece of that franchise. Any little piece we can get, we need here in South Florida. Because I don't know, Chris, the Houston Texans, don't seem like a very well-run franchise, yet the Miami Dolphins keep chomping at the bit to get every little single last piece of fucking morsel of talent that the Houston Texans don't even want anymore and bring them to Miami. I don't understand it. I hate it. Yeah, we're, the Miami Dolphins are like that guy in school that like can get a solid seven, like a good girl that has a good family and background, but for some reason always sleeps around with the sleazies that just like, you know, most likely have STDs and they have, you know, like eyebrow piercings and tattoos on their lower back. And it's like, dude, why do you keep hanging around this chick that like, you know, has been with every guy that stays out at 3am and just, I don't know, we're just tied to that, that it, it's kind of hot that she's like a freak, you know? And, you know, that's because the Texans are terrible. Maybe Brian Flores is like a huge Paul Wall fan and the big fan of like the, the third coast. Scene. Yeah. And the dirty, dirty South and, and perp and lean and, uh, you know, you know, Mike Jones and, and, and uh, Trig, all these different, uh, you know, guys that they love in Houston. And I, I don't get it. Like you said, there's only a handful of teams worse than the Miami Dolphins and Houston's one of them. And we keep taking the, team, the guys that aren't good enough to play for them. 
How does it make it make sense, Sam? My, Miami Dolphins are like a mid-level bully. Like, yeah, we're never going to you know, run with the Chiefs and the Patriots, but you know, we can just beat the shit out of the Houston Texans. Although we can't on the field. I mean, that's the other part too, is like we keep taking all their quote unquote talent, but yet they keep beating our ass every single time we play them. I don't quite understand it. Uh, I also hate the fact that you know at least three different rappers from the Houston uh, rap scene there, Chris. That's impressive and disgusting all at the same time. I'm a doctor, a two-time Hall of Famer, and a uh, music aficionado. Actually, I can probably rap word for word multiple Paul Wong, Wall songs. Um, I was really into him in the I, early 2000s. So. I, I think I speak for all citizens of Perfectville everywhere when I say you need to do that right now for the sake of everybody, <laughs> including mankind. Paul Wall, right. yeah. as by the two-time doctor, Chris Cullen. Go. All right, here we go. No. It's hates giving. You can hate me. Thanks. Let's move on. I hate zipper mergers. Zipper what? Zipper merging. Oh, okay. So you're talking because about the actual American, zipper on, on pants and trousers and shit like that. Right. They call it a zipper merge, Sam, because it's the right, it's the left, it's the right, it's the left, it's the right, it's the left. Very simple technique in, in roadway and driving in general. But for some reason, American citizens for somehow have a driver's license don't get the concept. And they just think I got to be mixed constantly. Whereas if you just followed the rules, it would move quicker. When I drop my son off at school, there's two lanes. For some reason, everyone wants to be on the right lane, right directly next to the sidewalk, because they think 14 year old kids can't cross in front of a truck that's completely stopped. And no one goes in the left lane. I'm in the F-150 and there's plenty of room for me. And I always constantly go into the left lane because I get up to the front quicker. There's a zipper merge to exit that line. 90% of the parents that procreated and had children that share the same classroom as my son don't get the concept, Sam. What are they teaching their kids at home if they don't get a zipper merge? If the car in front of me just went, that means you're next. Guy next to me, then I'm after you. It's pretty simple. I hate Americans. I hate drivers. And I hate zipper merges. He hates Americans, ladies and gentlemen. He hates drivers and he hates zipper merges. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with anything that we hate. I'm feeding the hate. We want the hate. This is the sixth annual Hatesgiving Day Parade, and we're just coming out reaming, just making sure that everybody knows what we do not like. Uh, my turn here, Chris. And I hate the fact that the Miami Dolphins, in a season that is almost lost, has to crawl all the way back to 10 and seven, basically went out in order to maybe even have a possibility at making the playoffs. And in doing so has to reverse about 17 curses along the way, including this weekend against Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. First of all, we started this winning streak against the Houston Texans, a team that we've gone one and seven against up until this year. We also had to beat Terod Taylor on the Houston Texans, who up until that game was five and two. Terod freaking Taylor, who probably has seven career wins as a starting quarterback, five and two against the Miami Dolphins across three different teams or whatever the hell it is. We have to climb that mountain. Then we have to go against Lamar Jackson, who his career against the Miami Dolphins, Chris, has a QB rating of 110. He's not a guy that likes to necessarily play nice with the Miami Dolphins defense. So we have to climb over that. Then we have to beat the Jets and you say, big deal, it's the Jets. The series all time was tied between the Jets and the Dolphins before that game. And that is because we have lost more games to the Jets than we probably should have over those years. So, yes, there is still a little bit of a curse for the New York Jets when they play the Miami Dolphins. So we have to overcome that. And then, Chris, 
just because that wasn't enough, just to get to three victories in a row and get to four and seven, woohoo. We now have to go against the Carolina Panthers, who up until two weeks ago looked like they would probably be a pushover for this Miami Dolphins team, even in their current state. They go back and give starter money to Cam Newton, who runs out and says, this is my town. Rawr. And I looked it up here, Chris. He is four and one all time, excuse me, three and one all time against the Miami Dolphins. And he's undefeated as the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. So not only do the Miami Dolphins have to win out in order to even possibly have a chance at winning into the playoffs, they're going to have to reverse essentially every single curse, every single week. Every week is an elimination game for this team. And here we are in November. I hate it. I hate that we have to continue to prove ourselves over and over and over every single week because we dug ourselves so far into this hole with that seven game losing streak that now in order to win anything, we basically have to go against all the odds, scientific data and hocus pocus magic. I hate it. Yeah, and just to add on to that, and the reason I know this is because I live here in the Charlotte area, Cam Newton's the first quarterback to beat the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, up until Cam Newton beating us, uh, which is that famous Mike Wallace game that he dropped that one deep from Tannehill and um, was a leading receiver that game. Um, that was our first time the Carolina Panthers franchise ever beat the Miami Dolphins. Up until that game, Steve Smith was the only team he hadn't beaten. We were undefeated against the Panthers. We beat Jake Delhomme a game we were at, I believe, uh, to beat the Panthers uh, here in Charlotte on a Thursday night game. Ricky Williams randomly had 100 yards rushing, and Devon Best went off, and Chad Henney had a great game. We never lost until Cam Newton came. And now Cam Newton comes out, and he, I'm back! I'm back! It was the worst soundbite in history, and NFL Network just planned to fucking play it every three seconds of every goddamn program they put on their station. It made me want to rip my ears out, my eyes out. I hate the Carolina Panthers. I hate Cam Newton. And we got to play them. In Miami, thank God, make them wear their black. We're terrible against running quarterbacks. I hate the Carolina Panthers franchise. Every hate's giving, I bring it up. And I hate their fucking fan base. And I hope every single one of them gets disappointed this Sunday. And Christian Wilkins rips his fucking necklace off and yells, you're back, you're back, as we do it. He does a cartwheel and a backflip, and we win this game. I just hate the Panthers. I can lose. We can lose the rest of the games this season. we got to win Sunday. No, I disagree. We cannot lose the rest of the games this weekend. Our numbers depend on a team winning actual games. Uh, I hate, and by the way, I hate the fact that you, citizens of Perfectville, do not listen to this show, at least not in the droves that you do when the team wins, when the team loses. The, the show is more entertaining when the team loses. Why would you not listen to this podcast when the team loses? Chris and I go off. We have all kinds of creativity that comes around and does certain things. But no, you only listen to us when we win. So I hate you, citizens of Perfectville. What do you think about that? I do hate them. You're right. I hate them. I hate them on Reddit. So we used to get at least 10 upvotes every time I posted our show on Reddit. Now there'll be times if you look back at my posts, I have a negative. I'm getting downvoted. You know what it is? It's all the drove of competition. All these new podcasters trying to put us down when we're the fucking OGs, you pieces of shit. You're just copying our brand. We're motherfucking first. We came out when we hated listening to Armando Salguero and fucking stupid ass omar on stupid ass local radio and we were like we need a voice of the fans and we started this shit and everybody fucking copied us and you suck you're all trash you have horrible microphones. you can't fucking keep a goddamn sentence going you have shitty guests on your show you have shitty twitter followers and accounts that make just memes and jokes the only guy worth a damn is house because he fucking points a baby bottle at a goddamn highlight screen the rest of you are fucking trash and terrible and i only follow you because it's kosher and the nice thing to do you all want to be us we're number one. You fucking downvote us on Reddit because your fucking podcast sucks. 
and I got verified by Slainer. Suck my dick. I'm the fucking doctor, bitch. Uh, I'm laughing just because I uh, had on my list of things to hate this year <laughs> later down in this episode, Chris, were the other podcasts that have come out since we started this shit six years ago. But uh, you kind of stole my thunder. So, yeah, I, I agree with Chris. Uh, I hate the other podcasts. And it's not because you guys are not as talented as us. You're not. And it's not that you guys don't have as good equipment as us. You don't. But it's the simple fact that you exist. I think that's the reason I hate you more than anything else is that uh, Chris and I started this with, you know, good intentions in mind. And here we are six years later, super mad that you guys even exist. I I mean, just like us and shut the fuck up. That's all you need to do. Listen to this show and then shut the fuck up. That's all. I mean, I would actually like to make a list. I would never do this on the air. I would. But uh, I would like to make a list of all the podcasts that have started after us for the Miami Dolphins and then just go line by line as to which ones I would eliminate immediately all of them. And then we would go through and have a nice list of podcasts, us, that you should be listening to. Just a nice curated list. And that would be the end of it right then and there. But, uh, you know, we won't do that until next week. And then, you know, from there. Uh, we'll just move on with our lives, but well done, Chris. I, that rant was better than what I was going to do. So I'm going to go ahead and count that one as yours. Uh, well done with the other podcast. And now, by the way, uh, good luck getting positive feedback on Reddit after that rant. Yeah, it's Reddit. It's a cesspool. It's just as bad as Twitter. Luckily, shout out to our, 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 good, our good fans, legitimate fans out there. The guys that uh, always shout us out and uh, you know retweet us and stuff on, on Twitter. They're, they're the best. Uh, there's too many of the name. Uh, lot raced orange Hagen, all those guys they're they're fantastic even fucking bullshit cm whatever his name is asshole CM. yeah it's fucking just negative to everything but somehow is a fan of this team thanks I actually to him, muted him on twitter i muted i didn't delete him but i, I didn't block him but i muted him because i couldn't i couldn't stand you, you came him. right out and you're like you, what you said you said something like you're the absolute worst follow on twitter he's the worst you're... follow i hate right you know what i hate running cm he's the worst yeah. follow on twitter that guy does absolutely nothing anytime to a tongue of Wailoa, you know completes a pass but as soon as like he gets sacked it's like wop to a tongue of Wailoa didn't block that guy what a piece of shit and then he puts like 17 tweets in a row about it and then it just floods my timeline i'm like i don't want to see this guy i don't want to see his dumb avatar i don't want to see his dumb name i don't want to see him and race go back and forth fighting about shit that doesn't matter anymore so i just had to put one of them on mute and i'm certainly not going to put race on mute so i muted run and cm instead yeah that's fine breaking news running cm's muted by perfect bill podcast speaking of which speaking of which the miami dolphins have apparently signed run and cm to the practice squad because they saw the word running and thought he was a running back from houston and uh he's now on our team so yay we remove the curtain a little bit and talk about our texts about Philip Lindsay. Uh, <laughs> just word for word. I think I texted you. I said, we dolphins claim Philip Lindsay. You said dot, dot, dot. Yay. <laughs> like, are we supposed to be happy about this? Like, I don't, I'm, I'm telling you, like, trashy. you know, some people, some people on Twitter are just like absolutely over the moon and doing backflips that we signed Philip Lindsay. I'm like, I don't, okay. I mean, I don't hate the move, but I'm also not quite understanding how this puts us over the top. Ladies and gentlemen, um, the, I think to me, and it goes back to my point about us and the Houston Texans, the Miami Dolphins signing Philip Lindsay is very much akin to how anybody who plays fantasy football, as soon as somebody is dropped from another fantasy football team's team, they immediately put a claim in and be like, ooh, I'm going to get that guy. I need that guy. That's what it seems like what the Miami Dolphins did with Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, like, ooh, the Houston's dropped him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. We're going to get him. It's so weird. I don't know. I, did, I just don't understand what Philip Lindsay brings to the Miami Dolphins in terms of an actual tangible victory. I don't know what his win against replacement would be, but I can't imagine it's very, you know, very much. Yeah. I, at, at this point, I'm just hoping Devontae Parker and 
Will Fuller actually uh, decide to play football this year. I mean, uh, even like Preston Williams is playing like what a complete, I just hate the Miami Dolphins. Let's just start with that. I mean, he gets his time, right? There's no Parker, there's no Fuller. And here's Preston Williams on the field. And Matt Collins is doing what he should be doing. He's, he's taking advantage of his opportunities. Matt Collins has done nothing but perform. Yeah. One guy I just like, I don't hate is Matt Collins. He backs up and he gave it a work Sunday, Sam. I got to say, I know this is a Thanksgiving episode. I'll, I'll flip it to make sure it works. I hate everyone that showed up to the game not dressed like Matt Collins. Matt Collins showed up in a full business suit and a fucking, he, the dude had a briefcase, Sam. A briefcase. He looked like he was a Wolf of Wall Street walking in all business and catches that huge 65-yard touchdown from Tua, gets his opportunity, takes advantage of it. He did it in the Raiders game last year. This guy does nothing but perform. He has cool dances afterwards. I hate everyone that's not Matt Collins on the Miami Dolphins. And I'll just add on to that. I hate the entire wide receiving core for the Miami Dolphins because we're going to have to rebuild this room yet again. And I don't know how this happened, Chris, but it happened. We somehow shit in the middle of the floor yet again when it comes to the wide receiver room. Will Fuller, he's full of shit because he can't even perform for the Miami Dolphins. He's gone after this year. Preston Williams, a.k.a. the unicorn. Yeah, he is unicorn because he doesn't exist. He's not actually there. He's a restricted free agent. I say we let him go anywhere but here for the Miami Dolphins. So he's gone. Albert Wilson, he's a free agent. He's going to leave and probably just go ahead and sweep him away from the Miami Dolphins, which means you're left with Devontae Parker, who doesn't seem very interested in being here or being, you know, quote unquote healthy. And then you have Jalen Waddle, who actually has been pretty damn good. And all of a sudden, Mac Hollins is our best wide receiving threat after Jalen Waddle. The Miami Dolphins are going to have to go out and spend draft capital yet again on more wide receivers or spend money yet again on free agent wide receivers. And we all we all know how that. That has gone for the Miami Dolphins year after year after year. You can go back to Chris Carter. You can go back to um, Mike Wallace. You can go back to Brandon, uh, whatever his name was, uh, Marshall. Marshall. And now, of course, Will Fuller, all these guys that we were supposed to bring in and help put us over the top and solidify a room that is complete garbage, just absolute slime coming out of that wide receiver room. Jalen Waddell, Mac Hollins, and that's it. That's what we have? Really? Okay. Yay. I hate you. I hate the wide receiver room. Yeah, Dolphins legend Chris Carter. What a shout out. Yeah, Chris Carter. The one thing he does is catch touchdown passes, except for when he played for the Miami Dolphins and he dropped the fucking touchdown pass against the Minnesota Vikings and we were eliminated from playoff contention. So thank you very much, Chris Carter. Fuck you. Yeah, thanks for bringing that back up. That's fun. It's one of those I eliminated from memory. And as soon as you said it, remember him doing the crossing in the back of the end zone, dropped it. Oh, my God. I fucking hate that guy. Yep, absolutely. All right, Chris, uh, we're just here in the middle of sixth annual hatesgiving. Uh, give us one more here, Chris. Let us let us know what else is bothering you that we need to get off of your chest. Um, I hate in-laws. Ooh. Yeah, so I hate in-laws. I hate uh, I hate in-laws that um, question that I know the Miami Dolphins were four and seven yesterday um, and literally looked at me like I had three heads when I said, no, we've won three in a row and we won week one. So we have four wins. And they stood in my man cave, my dolphins painted man cave, aqua walls all around us and went, I think we have three wins. No <laughs> guy that lives in South Florida and doesn't even know how many wins the dolphins have. Don't try to talk to me about the Miami dolphins. I host a podcast. I have for more than half a decade. I'm standing in a room surrounded by Ryan Tannehill jerseys and aqua walls. I know the dolphins have four wins. Go drink my wine and eat my food and shut the fuck up. I hate in laws. 
Uh, you are definitely home alone right now because uh, I feel like if the uh, in-laws were there right now, we might have gotten a muted version of what you just said. But thankfully for this show, uh, we do not. So I agree with you there. Yeah, Chris is looking over his shoulder, making sure that the in-laws have not walked in. Uh, you know what I hate, Chris? I, uh, I hate the fact that we haven't had uh, an elite tweet or delete tweet segment on this show in a very long time. It's probably our most popular you know, thing that we do here. The fans love it. We love it. I hate the fact that we haven't had any elite tweet or delete tweets. And I think we take care of that in-house, a segment within a segment, elite tweet, delete tweet, hates giving special episode. What do you say? Absolutely. I'm always up for elite tweet, delete tweet. All right. We just got a couple here. This one comes from TWM at takes were made. And he says, I'm assuming a he, Tua seems like the kind of dude that says oopsie when he farts. <laughs> elite tweet or delete tweet? Elite tweet because it's so random and oopsie. It's just such a great thing to say after, what do you call it, a toot? He probably yeah. calls it a toot, right? Like he's like, oop, tooted. A toot a toot. Yeah. Toot a toot. <laughs> Anytime a bad pass comes from Tua the rest of his career, it's a toot a toot. We'll start the hashtag. Do it toot. Here we go again. Other podcasts. We're creating content. That's what we do. You're welcome. Yeah, but he does, you know, in, in the visual of, you know, because Tua always seems like he's smiling and I could just imagine like he farts and he just like, Oop, oopsies. And he just has that <laughs> smile on his face. <laughs> like, I just I don't know why it makes me laugh so much, but I do. I do not hate that tweet. I think that is an elite tweet. Takes were made. Well done. Hats off to you. All right. This one comes from Matt Evil Finevil Mahafi. That's a dumb name. Uh, anyone have an update on Will Fuller? Unless his hands look like Jason Pierre Paul's, I think he should be out there. Thief. <laughs> elite tweet or delete tweet? <laughs> elite tweet because that's a perfect. It, the thief is the best. The guy literally robbed our franchise of $10 million, caught a two point conversion, and just sat in the trainer's room eating crushed ice the rest of the year. Yeah, thief for sure. And looks like Jason Pierre. I just pictured the butler from. Scary movie too. It's like, hey, use my strong hand. And Will Fuller out there trying to catch passes. Absolutely, dude. You're you're signing, giving ten million dollars. You're gonna try to do something. Yeah, I think it's just uh it's it's one of those things where the visual absolutely nails it because everyone who doesn't know Jason Pierre Paul Paul uh, turned his hand into you know a, a porterhouse steak one fourth of July when he blew off like three or four fingers and now he's got this weird club hand thing. Uh, so the fact that Will Fuller fell on his finger and uh, has never been heard from again, still not even practicing. I'm like, really? The guy can't even run you know, on the sidelines? Are his legs broken? He fell on a finger. Um, but uh, the fact that uh, he hasn't come back since then, uh, to me, makes that just one of the most elite. I have a conspiracy on that, Sam. I think he signed with us fully thinking we're going to get Deshaun Watson. And when we didn't, he just said, fucking deuces. I'm not, I'm not playing. I think you're right. I mean, let's just sit on that for a second. Do you think Will Fuller signed here under the premise that at that point, knowing that Deshaun Watson was going to be traded to the Miami Dolphins. Do you think Chris Greer and company sold him on that fact without actually saying it like, hey, you know, we might have a quarterback change midseason, somebody that you're familiar with, wink, wink, wink. And he signs for $10 million, prove it deal, knowing that he's going to get the ball from Deshaun Watson. And then when he doesn't, he, you know, falls on a finger and all of a sudden never heard from again. Do you, I mean, Tua Tungavailoa broke, I think, the same finger and is out there throwing the ball and is pissed off that he can't go in. Will Fuller breaks the same finger. And again, he's somewhere never to be heard from again in the bat cave. Yeah, no, I really, I, I truly do. And and it, maybe it wasn't even a wink, wink, nudge, nudge from the Dolphins. It could have been from Watson himself. I mean, think about it. They're teammates. Uh, they play together. You know, they have each other's phone numbers. They have lunch together. He's probably like, dude, this is all going to blow over and I have a no trade clause and I'm waving it for one team and one team only. It's Miami. Go sign with them. I'll see you soon. 
and it just never came to fruition. And he's like, fuck this. But my, <clears throat> my thing is this, it doesn't make any sense, Sam. Uh, on the flip side of that, I mean, he's a free agent after this. No one's going to pay him and he's not going to get an opportunity because <clears throat> he can't, he can't stay on the field. He can't play and hasn't shown anything this year. So uh, there's two sides to every coin, but <clears throat> my conspiracy is fully he was trying to come here for Watson. And you just know, given the rant that I just talked about, the wide receiver room, the Miami Dolphins are going to bring him back and he's going to get a raise somehow. We're like, well, we're going to bank on him again because we need a wide receiver. Oh, look, there's one. Uh, of course, that's what's going to happen. You just know what's going to happen. All right, we got one more here, and this comes from Joe Shad. Uh, this is now, I think, his second appearance on Delete Tweet or Delete Tweet, and he says, Tua Tungavailoa is by far the most polarizing athlete I've ever covered. There's a camp that believes nothing is his fault. Another camp has already concluded he can never be elite. Each camp is dug in and ready to attack whenever they hear anything contrary to their beliefs. Elite Tweet or Delete Tweet? I'm glad you brought this up, Sam. I'm about to go on a rant here. I hate Joe Shad. Delete your fucking tweet. <clears throat> Delete your Twitter, Sam. Because before I came on the show today, I laid in bed and w- went on Twitter and saw his video on the Big O Show. And this guy's got the same motherfucking premise as everyone else. He's just as bad as Omar Kelly. I thought he was one of us. I thought he was a great, unbiased, unopinionated, just report the facts reporter, and he's not. He had the balls, Sam, the balls to compare Keenan Allen to Devontae Parker. He said, they comparing Herbert to Tua, they both have these elite receivers. I'm sorry, Joe Shad. When's the last time Devontae Parker played with Tua Tungabailoa? He's missed 50% of his snaps. You're comparing the two? Keenan Atlin, an elite route runner, can play slot outside, go up to the ball to Devontae Parker? Are you kidding me? That's your narrative? And shout out to Big O, by the way, who I had a kind of weird opinion about maybe just lacks an uh, uneducated opinion about I'll admit for a while, listening to him defend Tua and, and bring facts to the table. Omar Kelly came on the thing and tried to say that Gusecki was worse than Cameron Brait. He caught his first touchdown pass this week. This past week was his first touchdown pass caught to Gusecki. He had him better than Gusecki. Are you kidding me? These reporters and big O is defending Tua with facts he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And Joe Shad came on and proved he's one of uh, those same guys with a narrative. Delete your tweet, delete your Twitter, move on to Houston and cover them. You can go to Houston, and then come back. We'll sign him to the practice squad reporter uh, group <laughs> in a couple of years. Uh, you know, I'm going to say delete tweet, but I, I think Joe Shad, he, he's, he's crafty in that he says it's the most polarizing athlete he has ever covered. Tua Tungabailoa is certainly controversial with South Florida media and fans alike, but he's not the most controversial athlete to come out of the Miami Dolphins organization. Look no further than Ryan Tannehill. I think the hatred that Ryan Tannehill got and the love that Ryan Tannehill got by far exceeds what is going on with Tua Tungabailoa. It absolutely has, and it went on for so much longer. So unless Joe Shad did not cover Ryan Tannehill, I'm going to call bullshit and say delete tweet as well. Um, furthermore, Jay Fiedler way back in the day before social media was really a thing was probably the most hated on guy in terms of a quarterback of all time. Can you imagine Jay Fiedler today replacing Dan Marino, considering the toxic environment that is Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, and all these other <laughs> these things that are going on. It would absolutely be, you know, it would, it would break the internet, Chris. I mean, that's how much hatred Jay Fiedler was getting way back in the day, just on message boards and like actual little literature, like newspapers, 
across the country. So no, Tua Tagovailoa is not the most polarizing. I think those other people were just as polarizing, if not more. And I say again, Ricky Williams rings a bell. I think Ricky Williams was pretty damn polarizing, maybe much more so than Tua Tagovailoa. So I think Joe Shad is full of shit with this tweet. I think it's a little bit of sensationalism. And given the rant that you just went on, where we are actually defending Big O, who, by the way, put Omar Kelly in his place a couple of weeks ago as well, when Omar Kelly tried to say that Tua Tagovailoa against the Buffalo Bills is trash. And then Big O said, well, have you seen the stats? Everyone against the Buffalo Bills defense is trash. The Buffalo Bills defense is pretty damn good. So it's not an outlier for Tua to be bad against them because everybody's bad against them. And the look on Omar Kelly's face is like, oh my God, he cheated. He used facts and figures as opposed to just opinion to make a point. Big O is coming up right now with everybody because he is using facts and figures to set everybody straight. But I agree with you. Delete tweet Joe Shad. And you know what? Since it is Thanksgiving, I hate Joe Shad as well. There. Yeah. I said it. I don't know if there's any report I don't hate anymore. Like, and it's just just frustrating that these, I guess Barry Jackson's okay. I mean, like even he just, you know, I hate him too. I invited him on the yeah. show and he told me no. So I hate Barry, Barry Jackson as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right. I got one more here, Chris. And this one's uh, uh, just, I, I hate the fact that we didn't go to the MetLife takeover this year. It would have been nice a, because the Miami dolphins won. And we know going into that game that they most likely were going to win against the jets and B it seems like the Miami dolphins have completely leaned into this MetLife takeover, which is great because years and years and years, it was the New York jets fans taking over South Florida when the jets came to Miami and the Miami dolphins fans credit to them have gotten organized and flipped the script. And now you go to a jets home game and it looks like a Miami dolphins home game. I would have loved to have gone. And then I saw our buddies, uh, Travis Wingfield over there. I saw our buddy OJ McDuffie over there. I saw the entire Miami Dolphins podcast network hanging out, enjoying themselves, and I wasn't there, and I was sad. So I hate the fact that we weren't there, Chris. Yeah, a special shout-out to them, too, for getting a Let's Go Dolphins chant audibly on the television broadcast. That was pretty fucking awesome. It's always cool when that happens. And I can totally uh, have lend, lend proof to your point of the Jets fans taking over Dolphins Stadium. I actually went to a Dolphins-Jets game in Miami on Christmas night, that was the night that uh, Zach Thomas absolutely destroyed Lavernius Coles and knocked him out of the game. And I jumped up screaming he was dead. And then we lost that game in the rain on Christmas night. And I just sat there as Jet fans walked past me talking shit, de- de- deservedly so, that we lost to them. And uh, it was brutal. They're chanting J-E-T-S. They're just, it was, maybe even put Fireman Ed on the big screen. They're just like, fuck it at this point. Once I got leaning in, that's how bad a franchise was. In Hard Rock Stadium at the time, DHL Stadium or Pro Player Stadium or Joe Robbie Stadium. Landshark uh, Lager Stadium. Landshark Lager Stadium, one of the stadiums. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty bad. It was pretty bad. So good for them taking over New York or New Jersey. They should. Uh, you're listening to the six annual hates giving day parade. And speaking of Fireman Ed, I'm going to throw a, just an extra one out there. I hate the fact <laughs> that our bet for the okayest fantasy league ever is only one week long, Chris. I wish I had made that bet because you actually threw it out there. We should have made this an extended bet for the rest of the actual NFL season because Fireman Chris, if you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, is now a thing. And I think it should be a thing longer than a week long. And I hate the fact that we only have Fireman Chris for one week. But I did win. You are a man of your word. You've changed your Twitter avatar to Fireman Chris. Everyone loves it except for you. I sure as hell hope you hate it oh i despise it that i hate you sam um because a i fucking hate fireman ed you guys started as a dolphins fan look it up uh and i hate seeing my face in baby shit green 
and white and jet colors. Um, <clears throat> my wife has asked me, and I, I, I might, I might get hate myself for this. She said, she asked me this question. If my son were to go on college and get drafted by the New York Jets, would I wear his jersey? And I said, absolutely not. I would not. I, I wouldn't. I would not. I wouldn't even. I, I would just wear neutral clothing. I would not wear dolphin stuff when they played, you know, just out of respect. My son is playing in a football game. And I, I told him to his face, if he played the if and when he played the Miami Dolphins, I'd hope he'd have a career game and they lose. Like I would be rooting for his team to lose. I would not wear his jersey. I would not wear a jet hat. And I might get hate for that as a parent. And he was not happy with, with me when I told him that. But I want to see other people's opinions. I, I, there's just no way I could do it. And would you- he might meet in that. With your stupid picture, I hate that Elijah Mitchell and Lamar Jackson got the shits all of a sudden, and I had to play Daniel Jones and Adrian Peterson against you, who, by the way, got cut after the game. It was like so, yeah, the third of quarter. Won the bet. <laughs> well, uh, I'm wondering though, would you actually take a jet to go see your your son play for the Jets against the Dolphins, or would you like you know try to ride a dolphin up the Atlantic coast uh, and get to the stadium that way? I mean, how far does the hatred for the Jets franchise go? I mean, is it all things Jets? Not even uh, not even allowing yourself to listen to Benny and the Jets by Elton John. I mean, what, uh, where, where are we at? Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good yeah, there's a pizza place here called Jets Pizza. I don't even eat them. Like it just and it's delicious Detroit style pizza. I just don't. You just take it and then throw it on the ground, step on it, and then fart as you walk out, and then say "oopsie," and then uh, close the door behind you. Two a toot. Two a toot. That's a two a toot. Hashtag two a toot. Anything that's a Friday baby. Aloha Friday toot. And a little three three yard out to Miles Gaskin. Which, by the way, the fact that his last name has gas in it is any two a completion to Miles Gaskin in the flat is now a two a toot, and it's just nothing but a fart in the wind. That's exactly what it is. I I think we were on to something here, Chris. Two yeah, two. we're getting the hashtag going Sunday. I can't wait. Two and two <laughs> would, Sunday to gas. I would love that if like over time, you know how certain things become an actual stat like war in baseball uh, wins against replacement or uh, how averages, you know, the batting average has gone down, but the uh, 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 on base percentage and slugging percentage. So offensive production OPS is now a stat that everyone looks at. Um, it would be great if you know, I don't know, 10 years from now, this takes on so much momentum that there's an actual two a toot. So like you see their completion percentage, you see downfield where they throw, but anything that's five yards or in from the line of scrimmage is just a two a toot. And you can say, wow, can you check out this uh, quarterback from the university of Pittsburgh's two a toot completion percentage? It's amazing. <laughs> that's what we I like to get our own 30 for 30, the perfect Bill podcast, creating a statistic, the two a toot. Aloha, Friday, baby. <laughs> That's why our podcast is number one. We talk about toots for 15 minutes. I mean, come on. This is riveting, groundbreaking shit here. Yeah, literally. And uh, you know what? Uh, I I just want to say that the sixth annual Hates Giving Day Parade might be my favorite Hates Giving Day Parade uh, just because of the two a toot, if nothing else. But uh, it is coming to a conclusion. It is coming to an end. Uh, It has been commercial free for the remainder and the entirety of the show. Thanks to our friends at the Believe Podcast Network and presented by betonline.ag. Chris, anything else you want to hate on before we get out of here? Is there anything else left in that mind of anger that uh, needs to be spewed out? Mm, I can't think of anything, Sam. I've been pretty hated out after having a pretty good Thanksgiving the day prior. I'm off today. I'm off for the next three days. You know, we got a Dolphins game Sunday. We're on a, we're going streaking, winning streak, and we're playing my very hated Carolina Panthers right here in the heart 
of Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live. So it's uh, they got to end it strong, man. They got to end it strong. For my Hurricanes, play Duke. I'm most likely going to just destroy them. Uh, so things are good. It's hard to hate on anything else. I've tried to get everything out, and uh, really, it's one of those. What happened? I blacked out. I had that long rant on other podcasts. I'm, I'm out of gas, so to speak, Sam. <laughs> No more two toots from Chris Cullen or Sam Marcu. Haters going to hate, and we have hated for a, quite a long time. Uh, all kidding aside, we love everybody out there and all the podcasts that exist. You guys are all special in your own way, and we, uh, we hope you guys have nothing but unlimited success for the rest of your life. Uh, that being said here, Chris, last thing, final prediction, Carolina Panthers, Miami Dolphins, Cam Newton, and Tua Ben Tootin. Who wins this weekend and by how much? Um. Uh, we're on a streak, Sam. We're at home. Uh, we, we, it's been cold here in Charlotte. Hopefully it's warm in Miami. Um, Cam coming up, beating Arizona in limited uh, time and then losing to Washington football team, which wasn't, isn't really that good of a team. Tyler Haneke and stuff. They have a good defense. Panthers do have a good defense. They have Christian McCaffrey, who's just a nightmare. Um, uh, it's not going to be a blowout or a big win by any means. I, I fully expect us have a very close game i'd say dolphins win 20 to 17 see i was thinking 21 to 17 but since you took what you did exactly what i did last week which is take your score and go first i'm going to go ahead and shift it i think this is a low scoring game the carolina panthers defense is a legit defense the miami dolphins offense is not so if we're going to win it's probably going to have to be turning the ball over on defense putting us in a position to kick field goals or you know snake a touchdown when we otherwise aren't able to move the ball the offensive line is trash um, I don't know that Philip Lindsay solves that problem, even if he's activated this Sunday. Tua Tungavailoa has the ability to throw the ball deep. We saw it to Mike Collins. He also has the ability to toot it out to uh, Miles Gaskins and you know let Miles Gaskins do his thing. Uh, I think ultimately this game is going to come down to the end of game field goal, which is not a solid solution for the Miami Dolphins right now. But I think the Miami Dolphins pull it off and keep that winning streak going. We climb to five and seven with a nice. 13 to 10 victory. Hey, victory is a victory, Sam. That would be terrible if it was 13 to 10, though. <laughs> I mean, watch out for Jeremy Chin and Hassan Reddick, who was a great free agent signing, and I wanted Dalton to sign him. I think he leads their team in sacks. He is uh, a nightmare. So uh, he's got a one year deal. So he's playing for a big long term contract. So he's playing the lights out. Uh, they have a really good, really, really good defense, man. So it's, it's going to be, that's going to be a tough game. It will be, but you know what? We'll be there watching. I might not. I haven't watched any of the games during the winning streak, so uh, I, I will probably just sit this one out and uh, hope for the best and then watch the highlights later because uh, I love all of you, even during the sixth annual Hatesgiving Day Parade. All right, Chris. Well, on behalf of the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, myself, the entire Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag, the only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfect Bill. Later. Hater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.